0: My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com. Welcome to Stupidity,
1: home of the greatest media mind ever to walk the planet.
2: I tell you what, man, he's a literal titan across the entire media landscape. Okay, so here's the deal. He's a true icon in every sense of the word. He's loved and feared more than any being to grace this planet.
0: There's two guys. A man with a voice that sounds like Barry White and Beyonce had a Jewish baby. God himself
1: would pay $39.99 for a cameo. Fact of the matter is, you are about to embark on a transcendent experience that can only be described as psychological nudity this is Stugox, and this is stupidity
0: here we go jim Today.
3: so we're still here it's the next morning we're still waiting for Devin. we've been up all night we're exhausted we're tired But we have an obligation to our audience to deliver at all costs even if it costs both of us our lives to deliver you an episode of stupidity with a guy who finally wrote a book about what it means to be a miserable mets fan this is our obligation. We take it very seriously. We've been up all night. Mike's been yelling at me. I've been yelling back at Mike. We've never yelled at each other until last night. Devin has completely fractured our relationship. Inexplicably. Mike, I'm wondering. Is Evil Knievel still in your backyard?
1: I just want the chainsaws to stop. <laughs> I just want to sleep. I just want Devin to show up.
3: I just want to ask him about Mookie Wilson. <laughs> I just want to ask him about nails.
1: <laughs> Hold on, I think he's
3: coming. What? <laughs> Stupidity! Premium regular beer.
2: Hey, hey Devin, what's hey. up, man? Sorry about yesterday. I didn't even know this was on the schedule. You're good, man.
3: We uh, we we made fun of you. We spent 20 minutes making fun of you.
2: That's fair. That's that's yes.
3: just the good. Fun. All right, good. We, I, I listen. I'll I, go back and listen. See if you got any good shots.
2: <laughs> hold on a second. Where's my? I, at one point,
3: here? I said the only thing uh, being uh, the only thing more frustrating than being a Mets fan is being a fan of Devin. <laughs> <laughs>
2: look at his face <laughs> <laughs> I, can, I can give you yeah. why do you think i wrote a book it means you're inside <laughs> <laughs>
3: you're <not> <laughs> devin how old are you i'm 44 okay and where and where are you from originally just out of I,
2: i'm from about an hour north of new york city not far enough to call upstate but peaks Gilmore. okay All right. and now i'm in boston
1: we're from Long Island. If you're north of the Bronx, you're upstate.
2: Yeah, we're Long um, Island. <laughs> Sometimes, like if you know, if you meet people from like Albany or Rochester, and you say from upstate New York, they're like, you know, right. I mean, like you yeah. one of those. Yes. You also, <laughs> if you're, you're a wrote, New Yorker.
3: You wrote the single most uh, important magazine article ever uh, when really? you wrote about Bartolo Colon's one home run,
2: <laughs> my man. <laughs> a whole chapter in the book, man. And his um, his memoir came out after my I finished my book, so I got to. Go back and beef it up
3: and there you go. Right. And well, he I went back that. and he, he went back and he beefed it up. And I mean <laughs> <laughs>
2: to a good point. Yes.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It's an entire career beefing <laughs> up. <laughs> Wait, Devin, I want you to help me out here. I'm from Long Island. So I grew up in the 80s. I'm I'm 47 years old. So okay. um, but I grew up at a time where the Jets were playing at Shea Stadium. Uh That's the nice. Mets were also playing at Shea Stadium. Mm-hmm. Um Listen, being a a Mets fan wasn't enough for me. I I had to couple it with also being a Jet fan, all right? But is Mikey A cheating here where he's also from Long Island, okay? Yeah. He's a Jets fan, but he claims to be a Yankees fan. Not claims
1: to be. I am a Yankees fan.
3: Devin, let let Devin – hey, you shut your mouth over there and let
2: Devin settle this debate, okay? It sounds like kind of a cop-out a little bit. Like, like you don't have the stamina – or the fortitude to take both the Jets and the Mets, see so you chicken out and go for the Yankees. But, First
1: off, you're right. I don't have the fortitude, but that's not how it happened. I just so, followed my I – have, I have three older brothers. I followed them. They were Yankee fans. Okay. So for Don so, Mattingly fans. That's kind of uh, how it started.
2: You know, look, being a Yankee fan fundamentally is repugnant. I think we can all agree about on that. But <laughs> – There are, like, you know, like, sometimes you're the son of a serial killer. It's not your fault. It's not your fault your dad's a serial killer. But if there's serial killing in your blood...
1: See, I I understand, Devin, and I I understand why we're having you on now because the Mets are supposed to be good. If they weren't going to be good, I wouldn't (laughs) be here. Yeah. No,
3: no, no. (laughs) Mike, Mike, we will never fall for supposed to be good again.
2: Okay. (laughs) Are you paying attention to what's going on out there? Right. We laugh (laughs) at supposed to be good. I mean,.
1: (laughs) Yeah, just like Jet fans. We never we never get our hopes up. Yes. Well that's
2: yeah, that is kind of the difference, right? I'm like I don't expect anything. I have no expectations.
3: We have set the bar so low. Do you have kids, Devin? I have two. OK, and now are they Met? fit? How old are the kids? My
2: son is eight um, right. and is very much a Mets fan. Uh, OK. My, I've groomed him from the start. My my daughter actually likes basketball. She doesn't really care about it. But, I mean, she's a Mets fan, but right. she doesn't care that much. She wears uh, a Noah Syndergaard free giveaway Citi Field shirt all the time, but I don't think she cares who's on it.
3: Um, the, the reason I asked that is I also have, uh, I have two children. I have two 16 year old girls. Uh, one of them constantly asks me when we're watching the Mets daddy, why'd you do this to me? Have you had that experience?
2: <laughs> My son isn't old enough to have that. Okay. Time, okay. He's getting there. I, it's right. funny though, because I do realize maybe it's the combination of the book and the way things have gone recently. It's like, he's getting, he's like, he's picking it up. You know what right. I mean? It's yes. like, he's he's like, Did you do something to me? You know, like, am I because my wife, who's from here, keeps trying to pull him to the Red Sox. And this has actually been a slight source of tension in my marriage, right? Because sometimes she'll do it, and I'm like, you stop that, stop it, (laughs) right? And you know, if she wants him for the Celtics, okay, I, you know, I can't, you know, it's hard to fight some of that, but like. And she doesn't care about football, so I've, he doesn't really care about football. But, like, as long as I got the the Mets, it's almost kind of like he can do whatever he wants with his life. As right. long as he roots for the Mets. As, as long as you have that, right, you have that See, bond. Right?
1: We have a philosophy in my house. My, my kids will be Yankee fans. I have two boys. They will be Yankee fans, but yeah. they don't have to be Jet fans. As long as they're not Patriot fans, I'll love them. If they're Patriot fans, then they have to move out.
2: This is This is a – you know, we're, we're now in Boston. We moved here two years ago, um, My, you know, back to my wife's hometown. And so it is definitely like a worry about the Patriots. He's good on the Mets because he already goes to school and is like, I'm a Mets fan. What are you going to do about it? Mm-hmm. And especially since like the Red Sox stink right now, all of his little friends, you know, what are you going to say? The Pats worry me. But it, to me, I think, you know, they're about to go off a cliff too. And they know it. Right. I
3: feel like being a fan of those teams is kind of like cheating. I think you're right. Like being a Yankee fan is cheating. Like, you know, yeah. Like, listen, you have to go through the trials and tribulations because here's what I maintain. When the Mets or Jets actually finally win something, it's going to feel so much better because of the journey, Devin, the journey we all took together.
2: And that was a journey of misery, you know? (laughs) Dance naked in the streets. Yes, of course. I mean, look at how the Mets celebrate historically. We right. don't just win and players mob each other on the field. Right. We tear the stadium down. Like we it's awesome when we win things. Yes. Whereas the Yankees, it's kind of like you've done what we expected. Right. Golf club. Right. You may, you may go
3: home now <laughs> right. and enjoy right. your lives.
2: Exactly. Right. <laughs> One hour of leave. Yes. yes. <laughs> exactly. You can grow your hair two inches. Congratulations. Uh, Devin Gordon
3: is with us. Uh, So many ways to lose the amazing true story of the best worst team in sports. I love the title. Uh, Why'd you? Well, let's start here.
2: How'd you become a Mets fan? So I was about seven, eight, seven years old, uh, 1983, 84. Right. And when you're seven years old, you make choices for very simple childhood reasons especially if you don't inherit a team like mike did from his big brothers and 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 started himself on the wrong path by going to the yankees from birth right yep um i was seven and a half the mets were blue and orange their colors were really fun and it looked like the yankees were in prison uniforms (laughs) and so that was one thing and they had a star player whose name was strawberry Strawberry. I was seven years old. It was the coolest thing in the world. That's all it took. If you're seven and you have a player named Strawberry, you're going to root for that team.
3: And then a Dr. K came in and then like slowly things started snowballing, right?
2: You know, it became easy to root for the Mets because they were winning and they were exciting and they were thrilling. And the Yankees weren't terrible in that era, but they were kind of middling. They never lived up to expectations. Steinbrenner was yelling at everyone. Mattingly's back was locking up. Dave Winfield was angry. The Mets were lunatics, lunatics, straight up lunatics. And to me, that was just so fun.
3: Yeah, it was a uh, it was a really fun time, uh, perhaps the best time to be a Mets fan in the mid 80s. Yeah, and that's how yeah. I
2: got indoctrinated. Right. right. So, sure. you know, as you know, being, you know, a similar age to me, although, you know, you're a few years older. So I think that means you probably had a dose of misery. Right. Like this. Yeah, oh, yes. Been an extra special for you. Yes. You actually won.
3: Yeah, 86 was uh, was extra special. I was actually, you know, a million people claimed to be at 86 game six. I was actually one of the people who were there. Uh, And my dad was a Red Sox fan. And so my dad. Oh, man. man. Yeah. Now, at that time. okay, at that time, Devin, you could bring whatever you wanted into a stadium. And so my dad brought a bottle of champagne into that stadium and he cracked
2: it open before the ninth inning. (laughs) You like that? Now I'm starting to see where you got it from. Right. You got the Mets version. Yeah, of what he gave you as as a as a Yankee fan. And yeah. it's in, or, sorry, as a Red Sox. As a Red Sox fan, fan, yes. I mean, and he, you know, oh, my God, I'm just trying to imagine what that must have been like. See, like the thing that all my friends and all the people, you know, I grew up with, the thing everybody I feel like claims to have been at is the ticker tape parade. Right. right? Yeah, And I always say that the only two people who in, who admit that they weren't at the ticker tape parade was me and Doc Gooden. <laughs> I wasn't there. Right. I was in school because, you know, I'm not the kind of kid who's got the courage to, like, blow off school and try to get on a train and go to a ticker tape parade at 10. But I didn't think sure. about it. OK, well, listen, I'm glad
3: you thought about it. Devin. I mean, you really stepped out of your comfort zone. Just yeah, to I did. I, you know, I was right. like, eh,
2: I I, there's a math test today. I don't know. Right.
3: I got you. I got you. Why would you decide to write this? So you're a miserable Mets fan, although you did oh, have '86 yeah, an and you had the Subway Series in 2000. Why would you decide to write this book?
2: Well, you know, that was the high point of, of my, yes. not just my sports life, but my actual life. And it was <laughs> age 10, right? No. Age 10. And there's something that parallels the, you know, sort of gradual, you know, dawning realization as a Mets fan of what things are really going to be that sort of parallels what happens with your life. Right. And I'm not saying that in necessarily depressing, despairing ways that it's all downhill from here are ups and their downs, and sometimes they happen really, really close together. And that's a good lesson that you get from the Mets and not from, say, the Mariners, right, or the Lions, other teams that, you know, are are losers but but don't do it with anywhere near the flair and panache that we do. So it seemed like we had this unique identity, this unique DNA as a team that hadn't quite been captured in a lot of the things that get written about the Mets because usually most Mets books are about – 1969, when we won the World Series. 1986, when we won the World Series. There were like 60 other years. And those, to me, are more messy than the two years that are sort of the exceptions that prove the rule. I mean, doesn't it feel that way to you?
3: Uh, 100%, describe to the audience what it feels like, what it means to be Metsy, if you wouldn't mind. <laughs> yeah, that is kind of an adjective. Because there's a special brand of, li- I've said this forever, Devin, there is a special brand of losing that we go through that I can't articulate, but you wrote a fucking book about it. So yeah, I yeah.
2: It's, it's like, you know, there's, like I say in the book, there's a difference between being bad, right. which anyone can do, anyone can do, and all of us do at various junctures in our lives, and being gifted at losing which takes a special something in your DNA that not all of us possess. In fact, very few of us possess. It is a kind of Einsteinian genius that just comes to us naturally. You know, like it just flows out of our fingertips. Like most teams have an experience of losing in dramatic fashion in a playoff series. That's that happens every year. We lose an in extra innings to our rival on a walk-off walk off walk. We lose in the bottom <laughs> of the ninth inning at home in the game seven of the NLC- NLCS when our best hitter stares at three straight pitches with the tying run on second base. Yeah, love the bat on his shoulder, yes. That, that <laughs> tying run at second base was also the guy who made the greatest playoff catch in postseason history.
3: Yes. All he
2: had to do was run 120 feet. would. <laughs> <was good. laughs>
3: Right. Andy Chavez, might you have and something? <laughs> it,
1: it's funny you brought. I I graduated college with Willie Randolph's daughter, and so <laughs> Willie Randolph gave the commencement speech, and he said if the those closing lines were, and if there is one piece of advice I can give you, it's swing the bat. Swing the bat. Good Lord, Carlos. Swing the bat.
2: Swing the bat. It, was,
1: it, it just erupted the crowd. Mets and Yankee fans. Well, so but that, I was
2: actually there. This is right. my, you know, my example of the World Series that you were actually at in 86. Sure. I was actually there at that game. I was behind home plate and in the upper deck. So I was about three miles up. Sure. And, you know, when Andy made that catch, I, you know, you know, Shea Stadium, like it would, the upper deck would bounce. Yes. When things got, and, and I really thought it was going to collapse. That's mm-hmm. how, and I was like, I don't care. Great way to die. I'm <laughs> all right. <laughs> and I was also sure that we were going to make the world. Like I was sure we were going to win the world series. It was the only time in my Mets life, including 86, where I was sure we were going to win the world series. And that's like, as you know, that should be the first sign to a Mets fan that something is about to go horribly wrong. And <laughs> of course it did. Yeah. And Beltron, the other thing about Beltron was that like a lot of people thought he didn't have the inner soul to come through in the clutch except that in a very again messy way that is just this sort of expected irony. <laughs> he was also as ever like he was the like the most clutch playoff hitter of his generation, right? He had driven in the only run that night. He would have been no question the NLCS MVP if he had gotten a single and tied game, right? He batted like 900 in that series. <laughs> and at the same time it didn't surprise anyone that he struck out on 3 pitches, did it?
3: No, no, not at all. I expected
2: it to be honest. Without
3: you, yeah. <laughs> yes. did you I mean, feel- Devin, you are so right. This is one of the great postseason players ever, Carlos Beltran.
2: Unbelievable. That's he why got he got all signed that money him. because of what he did in Houston the like exactly. the year before. The whole reason we signed him is because he almost single-handedly won the World Series for yeah. <laughs> We signed him for that moment, and in that moment he left his bat on his shoulder. Yeah. Do you think? And I've always felt this. Personally, but I wonder if you agree that it would have been slightly like 1% less painful if it had been a fastball. Because the curveball, there's something. I'm sorry. I'm, I, I, there, yes, there, yes, there, yes. You're right. Yes. There's, there's something just um, impotent. Your friend Pablo Torre yesterday yeah. um, on ESPN Daily, when I spoke to him, referred uh, to it as impotence. And that was just the perfect word. And now I'm going <laughs> to use that word forever because that's how it felt. Like a fastball, he blows a fastball by you at hundred miles an hour when you're leaning on a curve. Fine. And it's over quickly. It's at yes. least it's just like right. And then that curveball curve felt like it took forever.
3: Oh, <laughs> like, he paused in midair. <laughs> I remember where I was. I was at the Capitol Grill in Fort Lauderdale, throwing
2: up my steak because the. Of- <laughs> I don't know. Like this is one of the things that happens in lo- when you watch something live like that is sound travels you know it takes longer for the sound right and so i didn't know it was a strike until you know like the the cardinals were already celebrating because they knew so we could see them jumping up and down right before we even heard the umpire call a strike or that sound carry up and that's why we lost is because they went nuts. Right. And oh, it was horrible. I can't. I can't, I've never watched the footage. Never. No.
3: But Mike, Mikey, a the the ump really did milk it. Like the anticipation, he made you wait. Uh, the Cardinals knew better. They just like they knew they were playing the Mets.
1: <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't a questionable pitch. It's not like no, you can no. even hang it's your better. head on. Like oh no, the ump. And I mean. Let's be honest. How often as an umpire do you get to ring a guy up on strike three in game seven? Like, he's like, there's no way. Like, he's going to make this decision. Yeah. He's, and probably the he's going down in
2: history with this one.
3: <laughs> but Mike, you know what I love about Devin is as he is reliving this, you can see the
2: pain in his face. It's a, I'm
1: enjoying watching both of you with the pain on your face, to be honest.
2: Uh, I've ne- I never—I really have never watched it. There's a whole chapter in my book about Andy Chavez, because who I love, and is yes. really one of my favorite Mets of all time. And then obviously it ends with that strikeout. But I've never watched the footage because I was there. And I've always said, like, you don't rewatch the Red Wedding if you were sitting in the pews. right? (laughs) That's that's a good point. Yes. Yes. I don't need to see it. And I never will. Not a
1: chance you get that reference, Dugat. Not a chance you get that reference.
2: But I was a good partner who played
3: along. How about that? <laughs> I got the reference. Well done. Thank so you. Many- I'm a little amazed. that, But anyway, we'll leave that alone. Don't be amazed by anything I do. Uh, so many ways to lose the amazing true story of the best, worst team in sports. Devin Gordon uh, with us here on Stupidity. I'm excited. Uh, feel free to send me a copy of the book. Devin. Oh, I will. I'm, <laughs> sure. I'm getting it to you
2: right now.
3: Yeah. Uh, I'm excited to read it. Um, do you have, like, is there a medal stand of examples of unbelievable ways the Mets have lost that you would be able to do for us? Do you have, like, a bronze, silver, and gold medalist here? Or well, I mean, you know, I
2: mentioned I think gold is ending. Yes, gold is ending. You're right. Silver yes. is Kenny Rogers uh, <laughs> with the walk-off walk. Yep. Yeah. Right. The yep. walk-off walk in the 1999 NLCS. I love that. Um, in yes. game six, extra innings. Mike Piazza hits one of the biggest home runs in Mets history off John Smoltz to tie up that game. Um, amazing game. Honestly, one of the best games I've ever watched in my life. Uh, it was like nine to nine, ten to ten. Um, and Kenny Rogers, who was like a late season acquisition, and actually pitched quite well um, as, a, as a spot starter. Um walked in the winning run to Andrew Jones, who it's really hard to walk Andrew Jones, by the way. I don't know know if anybody remembers that, but Andrew Jones was like 19 years old. He struck out 300 times or something like that. Yeah, he would swing at anything. He would (laughs) swing at literally everything, (laughs) except the pitch 14 feet outside. (laughs) Why? Because the Mets. If you go back (laughs) and watch the replay of Kenny Rogers throwing that ball for he wanted nothing to do with that pitch. He just yeah. wanted to get out of there and into his offseason. So that's number two. And I'm going to – let me think about number three. Okay. Because the thing that came to mind is is somewhat – it's sort of a tie between Luis Castillo dropping a routine pop fly to hand the Yankees, you know, one of the that's regular fantastic. seasons.
3: There could also be a Matt Harvey going, you know, the next night going in as a reliever and never being the same again. I mean, Oh, right. Oh, my yeah. God.
2: That was the same – and so, But the other one that I'm also thinking of um, is very recent. Um, oh, you know what? I was going to say the 2018, the 2019 game when we blew a six-run lead in the bottom of the ninth in the Nationals because that was such an important game. <laughs> okay. But the, you know what the answer is? The answer is Tom Glavin. Tom Glavin um, killing us um, on the last day of the season in 2007 um, when we were finishing off blowing – a seven and a half game lead in like 17 days or 17 yep. games like mm-hmm. he was chasing us with a machete yep. um, and <laughs> oh my God and Tom Glavin who's a sleeper agent from the Braves come to pitch for the Mets waiting this whole time to stab us in the gut he's the starter on the you know the last game of the season that is effect- effectively a must win game for us to get in the playoffs yeah. he gave up like seven runs in the first inning it was <laughs> over before we even came up to the plate and then after the game, he was like, yeah, you know, no big deal. You win, you lose. It happens. <laughs> and then he went back to Atlanta in the offseason. Yeah. I mean, it was, I hate you, Tom Glavin. I hate you. <laughs> How and, many, uh, <laughs> go ahead. I'm so I guess that's it. Like, I mean, you know, you <laughs> might, John, you might, you might, you might, you might have, um, you might have other options, but those are the three that sort of leapt into mind. No, I uh, I love yours. I'm
3: wondering, how many other organizations do you think could, could you write a book about? <laughs> like the one you wrote about the Mets. Like maybe the Jets. Is that it? Maybe the Jets. The Knicks yeah. are definitely...
0: Um,
2: <laughs> all <terrible>. my teams. <laughs> yeah, I know. All mine, too. You know one thing I realized and I learned over the course of it, since it's interesting that you asked? The Texas Rangers have a sneakily humiliating and catastrophic history that we overlook, in part because... It's just not that it's not a team that you see on television, like most of their humiliations don't happen on national TV. But in the real American context, Texas is just as big as New York. Right. George W. Bush owns that team. Right. So there's like opportunities for sort of grand stage ineptitude when you've got a former president who's running your team. And I don't know if you remember, but they blew the World Series in 2011, every bit as bad as Boston blew it, you know, with, um, you know, they had the game one yes. and they made the same mistake as John McNamara made with Bill Buckner, which is mm-hmm. they left Nelson Cruz in right field because they wanted him to be on the field when they won the world series. And of course the ball gets hit to him. It's a hilarious clip. If you want to watch someone try to catch a fly ball, to yes. end a World Series. And he comes <laughs> nowhere close. They blow the game and they lose. But Texas has done lots of things like that. You know, they, oh, by the way, Andy Chavez was supposed to be the defensive replacement. You're right. Yes. <laughs> he was on the right. bench. He actually got his glove and went out on the field to replace Nelson Cruz. Right. He just assumed he was going <laughs> to, and right. Ron Washington was like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Come on back. Yeah. Andy, he, Andy he retires without a World Series ring. Um, yeah. But you're saying that Texas should be getting some criticism as well, because no one cares about Texas. There's a lot of stuff like that. You know, it's not the only example in their history of things like of of them doing humiliating things. It's just less examined, like the Mets, like you know, the Clippers, right? Ramona Shelburne did an incredible podcast series about all the you know nonsense that the Clippers have been. Sure. The state of Minnesota, if you rounded up all of their teams, could probably compete, right? Yep. but,
3: you know, when people hate us. Yeah, that's the deal. It's,
2: it's just, just there really is. No, when you start to drill down. Oh, the Cleveland Browns.
3: Cleveland yeah, Browns. there yeah. you go. That's a good yeah. one. Yes, the that's Cleveland a good Browns one. are
2: the one. They're, they yeah. are our closest competitor to the best, worst title. The only, problem is, the only problem with them is it's just not nice to make fun of Cleveland. It's just not
3: right. I got it right. But if there's a team out there that loses as well as we do, it, it would be the Cleveland Browns.
2: You're right. Nice. Yes. Good. Yes. They are really gifted. Oh, my gosh.
3: Uh, Mike, you put a question down here. I'm going to answer it for you. OK, Devin knows the answer to this. Mike wants to know the greatest, the, the biggest Met killer of all time. Um, Devin, it's 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 Chipper Jones. 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 Yes. Chipper,
2: Chipper Jones Chipper Jones named his son Shay. Yeah. Which is so savage. Uh,
3: it's I, awesome. Yeah. I have
2: no choice but to dock my cap. That is uh, incredible. troll. I am always here for petty. And that is just King is so petty right petty. there. so I, good and so mean and so good. I, I don't know. I chip, uh, Larry.
3: Well done. Yeah. Well, tip, tip of the cap. All right, uh, Devin, I'll get, I'll get you out of here in a second here. Uh, and we appreciate the time. I'm going to say a name and you tell me the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. I'll say a Met name. You tell me the first thing that okay. comes to your mind. Okay. Ralph, Ralph Kiner. Kiner's corner. There you go. John Stearns. Uh,
2: you know, Jimmy Kimball's favorite player. Yeah. Fun <laughs> that's funny. Dave Kingman. Kong.
3: Um, that's perfect. By the way, Kong is perfect. <laughs> Leave it there. <laughs> that is perfect. Jerry Kuzman. Kuz. That's A- it. Yes. <laughs> I just like Kuz.
2: That's it.
3: <laughs> uh, Tom Seaver.
2: The GOAT. The franchise. Oh, yeah. r.i.p love him yeah rusty Stubb. ah Le grand orange the social director of the mets in the early 70s yep. uh gary carter uh the kid um they called him camera carter on the 86 team because he was always smiling for the cameras and he did all those serial endorsements <laughs> uh keith hernandez oh i love keith Mechs, um, Gary Keith and Ron is what comes to mind because he's the you know, right. he's the spice in the booth for that. Any Agbayani. and the flying Hawaiian <laughs> Lenny Dykstra, <laughs> Lenny, Lenny Dykstra is the worst met of all time. He's just an odious, ridiculous, yes, <laughs> on all levels. But if so, of course, he's a met, <laughs> right? And we loved him when he was playing, but oh, you're right, I mean, right. He, he went off the rails with the Phillies, so we can we got the good Lenny. <laughs> yes, we did nails.
3: <laughs> uh Dwight Gooden.
2: Oh, that's just tragedy. I, I, I yeah, it's sad. Yeah.
3: Why do you say that?
2: It was just so he's just he, so he much
3: had, potential, yeah. So much
2: potential and he's, mm-hmm. you know, he's such a haunted guy now, you can tell, yeah. and it's just very very sad.
3: Yep. Uh Darryl Strawberry.
2: He the, he's the reason I Root for the Mets. Straw. He's 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 the OG as far as I'm concerned. You're not alone there, my man.
3: Wally Backman.
2: <laughs> I wrote the book. Okay, Wally, Backman, Wally Backman lived his entire life. In, gr- in perfect position to lay down a sack bunt. You know <laughs> yes, I mean? he
3: did. Yeah. Tights <laughs> on, sack bunt from Wally. <laughs> Keith drives him in.
2: He drives him home. It was literally, it was <laughs> our offense. Like, <laughs> Dwight, go shut him down. <laughs> yes. You just described 85, 86. Like it's basically oh, yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, it's
3: perfect. Uh, Ray Knight.
2: It's funny i thought nancy lopez first but you know obviously so do
3: do i every single time to be honest with you
2: (laughs) this is mr nancy lopez as they call them in in the mets clubhouse yes uh matt harvey Uh, the dark knight i i i i feel bad for matt harvey i think he got a little hosed by us
3: okay uh tim tim
2: tebow oh i hate tim tebow you know just a (laughs) just a hanger on you know, just a celebrity athlete, useless, <laughs> terrible at <in> multiple sports.
3: <laughs> you Enough. Are, Enough. You are so tortured, my friend. So many ways to lose the amazing true story of the best, worst team in sports. Devin Gordon with us. I will get you out of here in a second. Mikey A Mike EA, Mike EA has a quick question for yeah. you. I have a quick game at the end called <laughs> Devin or Dev Out. <laughs>
1: No, I was just curious. <laughs>
3: yeah, you love
1: know. the game. I've never heard it before. I love it. Wait,
3: wait did Pablo Torre warn you about what may happen on this podcast? Okay.
2: Believe me, I, I was prepared a little bit. I didn't oh, my God.
1: Go ahead, Mike. Um, I just want to know, do you, do you think, like, if you were raised right as a Yankee fan, you would have showed up yesterday when you were supposed to? <laughs>
2: because i'm wondering <laughs> if it's a met
1: thing is the reason
2: the met, you're right it is a met ah. thing but it was a yankee thing if it was a yankee thing i just would have blamed it on someone else <laughs> <laughs> my man
3: <laughs> we are kindred spirits my friend uh all right we play this game with with everyone it's like when Golick's on it is uh golik or nolik okay so uh for you it's dev in or dev out okay, okay. I will. I will be quick here. Going to a Yankee game yeah, against ass. someone. <laughs> all right. I thought that was the question. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, going to a Yankee game. Perfect. Dev out. Right. Perfect. Uh, peeing in the pool. Dev in or Dev out? Dev out, of course. Come on. <laughs> dev out. Really? I thought, dev in. I mean, we all pee in the pool. Uh, farting under the covers. Dev in. Dev out. Mm, dev in. Yeah. I'm going to mumble that one. <laughs> the amount of shame on your face that you admitted to that. <laughs> uh, picking your nose, Dev in, Dev out. Unintentionally, I guess. You know, okay. dev, dev in, I guess, you know, it's happened. Catch up on hot dogs, Dev in, Dev out. Dev in. You like catch up on a hot dog, huh?
2: Yeah, Dev in. What's wrong with that?
3: Um, I don't know, mustard. I feel like, hot, you know, well, I do both,
2: but you know, yeah, I do both. Okay,
3: all right. Uh, singing in the shower, Dev in, Dev out.
2: I wish I did. I mean, right. dead in, but I don't actually do it is the thing. I just, I don't know why. Right. I just don't.
3: If but you I'm did, what up, would you say? Right. If you, what would you say? Meet the board. Mets?
2: I mean, <laughs> meet the Mets. Meet the Mets. No, I sing, <laughs> um, I, I sing who let the dogs out. <laughs> okay. uh,
3: cheering the other NLE's team. Cheering for any other NLE's team. Dev in, dev out.
2: Oh, dev out. Yeah, who, that's a, who would do such uh, a Marlins Yankees? Marlins Yankees, <laughs> Yankees in the World Series. <laughs> oh, oh, I see it. That's uh, what I'm uh, saying. Yankees. Okay, yeah. okay. I'm if saying, can Yankees, you? You just root for the stadium. The in. yeah,
1: okay. 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 that's an answer.
3: <laughs> Let's see uh, the the lengths of his uh, his love for ketchup. Okay, Mike, uh, ketchup on steak. Devin, Dev out. I, I don't do it, but Dev in. Sure, okay. I almost got divorced over it. Uh, <laughs> um, really? Yes, I did. Yeah,
2: it's fine. I mean, It's not that far off from
3: steak sauce, like you know. It's embarrassing. Uh eating food after you dropped it. Dev in, dev out.
2: Dev in. Depends upon the food. So you left it open, so I'm gonna take dev in.
3: Okay. Um Shea Stadium, the Apple. Dev in, Dev Out. Oh, Dev In. Dev In, right. Yes. I missed that thing. Do you wish you had that thing in your
2: backyard? Of course, <laughs> right. I want the original. I mean, I'd ha- I guess the original was out there in front of uh, out there in front of C- uh, City Field by the seven train, but I would much rather have the original. Of course. Yeah.
3: Uh, and I left one player off the list and I yes. uh, I regret doing this. So just your thoughts real quick, because he, for me, he is my favorite Met of all time. Mookie Wilson.
2: Oh, Mo- <laughs>
3: Mookie. <laughs> Best at bat in Mets history. Yes, no doubt about it. Uh, Devin, this has been a delight. Uh, hopefully we can do it again. I want to have you back on just to talk about Bartolo Colon's home run, if that's oh, okay. Oh, my God. I could go an
2: hour on Bartolo. I love can, it.
3: can you give me the best detail? That story you did was great. Dan and I, I th- I'm not certain if you came on the show. I know Dan and I talked about it uh, for at least an entire show. Oh, I got to go back and listen. We love Bartolo Colon. Can you give us like the most fascinating detail from the one home run that Bartolo Colon
2: hit in his major league career? Yeah, it was May 4th in San Diego. Yeah. Um it was just you know it was as irrelevant a game as irrelevant games get and yet it is probably the greatest game in Mets history simply because of that one at bat right and he <laughs> rushed he did rushed that thing yes. and it it took him like an hour and a half to get around the bases <laughs> it was so great every one yes. of us and and you got to go if you haven't seen the clip um your listeners have to go back and listen cuz it's it is one of the, also one of the all time great home run calls you will ever hear And I have listened to Gary's call of it probably 200 times. I I just, I love it. All right. So
3: listen, uh, we're going to have you back on in, in about a month or so when we're 15 games below 500.
2: We'll be miserable together. Okay, I'm, I'm ready. I can pencil the date in on my calendar pretty much. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm putting it on my May 12th. I got it. I'm putting it on my schedule. All right. So you and I will talk
3: again. May 12th will be 15. May games 13th. Below. We'll talk to him. <laughs> okay. Uh, so many ways to lose the amazing true story of the best worst team in sports. I love that title. The author is Devin Gordon. He's a great writer. Check out the book, buy the book. And if you're a Met fan, read the story about Bartolo Cologne's one home run at GQ. It was it GQ. Is that correct, Devin? It was, yes. Yes, okay. Uh, Devin, we appreciate this. Thank you so much for doing it, man. It was worth the wait. We've been We've been up all
2: night waiting. <laughs> oh, well, I'm sorry to keep you guys waiting. I'm such a dummy, um, but it was worth it. I had a blast, guys. Thank it
3: you. Was, it was great. Thank you. Good luck with the book, man. We appreciate it. I appreciate it. Thank you All right, Mike. I really enjoyed that. I thought uh, I thought he was very, very good. Do you think it was worth the wait, Mike? Are you concerned at all that this was not a scheduled landscaping day? <laughs> Stupidity. <laughs> Duke Outts here for my friends over at Miller Lite. A lot's changed over the years. One thing that hasn't, the great taste of Miller Lite. Another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less filling. So, what is the best thing about the original light beer? Miller Lite sparked this debate in 1975, and we still haven't settled it. Listen. For me, it's simple. When I'm sitting around with friends, with family, we're at concerts, we're watching the Knicks finally win for the first time in 30 years, we're laughing, we're having a great time, we do it with ice-cold Miller Lights. Always have, always will.